Welcome to the OKC Community Podcast. We are so glad you're here. To get the latest updates or to watch this week's message, visit our website at okccommunitychurch.com. We just all need to give a collective, aww. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much, Macy and your fam- the Ross family. That was awesome. Macy read one of my favorite scriptures to read this time of year, John A. 12 where he says, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Let's just, everyone, let's just say that. Let's just say, Jesus is the light. Can you say that? Jesus is the light. Lights are definitely one of my favorite Christmas traditions. Uh, I'm a sucker for Christmas lights. Um, you know, it's probably why I have a little bit of compassion and respect for Clark Griswold. I mean, what he's done is, was quite amazing. I, I, I relate with him. Because, you know, he's the last true family man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Anyone else a Christmas lights fan? Come on. Come on. Yes, we need some Christmas lights. Now, uh, a, little, a little known fact about me is I actually know quite a bit about Christmas lights and the different types of Christmas lights you can get. In fact, the staff makes fun of me of my semi-obsession of making sure you have the right bulb in the right situation, the right temperature, the right wattage, all those sorts of things. It all matters. Are you with me? And so um, I I know quite a bit about Christmas lights and all the different types, and it all begins with the C class of lights. You have C4s, C5s, C6s, C7s, C9s, and you even have the oversized C12 available at your convenience. You also have the G class of lights. You have the G12s, my personal favorite. These are sphere lights. My personal favorite, the G40s, the G50s. You also even have the mini twinkle lights, $1.99, guaranteed to go out next year. (laughs) You have power preferences, of course. Some of you are probably into the LED lights. You want to energy efficient, but you can still buy the classic incandescent light that you can't string three or more together or you'll blow a fuse. Are you all with me? No. (laughs) I wasn't planning on sharing what I'm about to share, but something amazing happened last night. At 9.30 p.m., we got a knock on the door. No, this is no joke. I got a knock on the door, and it was the president, the president of the Neighborhood Association. <laughs> and he came to give us a major award. No, no joke. Yes, Christmas story reference. Major award brought to us at 9.30 p.m. And, and he came, and he awarded us third place in the neighborhood for our Christmas light display. And I have a picture to prove it. This was taken fresh this morning. I'm sorry we didn't get one with the lights and all that, but we got third place in this uh, contest that had no idea what was happening. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. He awarded us this yard sign, and it's not just the yard sign. He gave us a check. No joke. $25. $25. The girl said something about a check. Grinch reference. I'm just, you got to stay up with me today. All right. That's Jim Carrey. Um, the girl said something about a chick. Yeah. And then Grayson, Grayson, of course, he feels like the $25 should be his because of course he's claiming he did plenty of the work watching us do the work. And so, but by the way, winning third place, all it's done in me is motivate me for next year. Cause, cause here's the deal. Third place is just second loser. I'm going Clark Griswold next year, friends. We're going for broke. We're going to win this thing. Next year is our year. So, uh, 
By the way, I'm not done talking about Christmas lights. <laughs> I want to talk a little bit more about them. I have to say that my favorite Christmas light of all the lights is the classic C9 incandescent light, which is what, what I have right here. Let me just light these up for you. This, this is magic, friends. This is my favorite Christmas light. And you guys, how much can he talk about Christmas lights? A lot, my friends. Amazingly, a lot of, I can talk a long time about this, but the classic incandescent multicolor C9 light, glass bulb, painted, not transparent, only can string together three of these Charlie Brown Christmas lights, best light ever. All right, here's the thing. These aren't very practical. You can't use them for major light displays. You can't put them on automobile alley and make big light drapes out of them. You can't do that. It doesn't work so great to even go outside of your house because you have to run about 25 extension cables. However, but in the right spot, in the right moment, it's the perfect light for me. All right? Here's the thing. This has always been my favorite light, but I wanted you to hear something. It's not practical. It's hard to find. These are hard to find now. They're very delicate. If you drop one, they're made of glass, and it'll explode and scare you half to death, right? They get very hot. They might b give a first-degree burn to a small child. <laughs> but they burn bright, and they speak to my heart. Like I said, I'm a sucker for Christmas lights. Anybody with me this morning now? Come on. Some people use Christmas lights, of course, you know, unintentionally, un not knowing what the meaning behind them is. But what I love about Christmas lights and what I love about all the traditions that we do at Christmas is, you know, whether it's C9s, LED drape lights, or even a little baby Jesus plastic, baby Jesus in a manger scene, right? It's, it all says the same thing, that Jesus is the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And, and I love that that's what we get to get to tell that story every Christmas. You know, we're in, we're in week 16 of this teaching series called The Way of Life. When Jesus came into this world, he came to bring a way of life for us. In John 1, it says, in him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness is not overcome it. Now, I mentioned my C9s for a specific purpose because I believe they have a little bit of meaning for us today. Because the way of Jesus, the way of God... And the one that God made for us through Christ, it's not always practical. It's sometimes difficult to find the way. Sometimes it'll scare you half to death. Sometimes you realize that we've been called to be hot, like first degree burn hot, no lukewarm hot, right? <laughs> but for those who burn bright, the way of Jesus is the only way to live. It's those people that speak to human hearts. It's those people who change the world. And it's those people who will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Who knew that C9s had so much Jesus in them? <laughs> well, today I want to I be somewhat simple in the approach. Um, because why are we here? We're here to celebrate the coming of Christ into this world. And I don't want to try to overthink it. I, I believe we're here to celebrate Jesus and his birth and although I thought about like throwing a birthday party uh, and singing happy birthday, Jesus, I thought maybe we'd do something a little different. Kids are doing that, by the way, today, which I'm so happy about. But I thought I'd simplify in a different way. And I, I just want to open the Bible and read the story of, of Christmas. Um, you know, the story of his birth 
It may be a little unnecessary to read for a lot of us. Most of us have heard it so many times. We feel like we, we got it down. Uh, but my heart is to simplify Christmas today because there is always this element to Christmas that there's a lot going on. There's a lot that's happening in most of our lives. Even in 2020, when things have maybe slowed down just a bit, we still have a lot of things we're trying to get done this month, a lot of, uh, a lot of things on the to-do list, a lot of places to go, whatever it may be. And Christmas can be crazy. That's why I love to slow it down just a little bit, simplify today, and, uh, and, just, and just allow the story of Christ and this coming of the Christ, the Messiah, to kind of speak to our heart. Because when we read the story, I don't know about you, but I can lose the wonder and the awe of it because I'm so used to it. But this, this story is, is, is staggering. The fact, that, the fact that God came, right, and the way he came in such a humble way, the story of Mary and Joseph and the faith and the trust that they showed, it's, it's not just inspiring, it's, it's compelling into the way that I want to live. And so I just want to settle in and spend some time reading the Bible Go figure, come to church, read the Bible. But I'm going to read it for about, it's probably going to take us four or five minutes, but, and I want your heart to just allow the wonder and the awe of this story and this great act of love to kind of speak to your heart. So I'm going to kind of do a mashup of, of Matthew and Luke, who give the, the most um, detailed accounts and kind of push them together, because a lot of times we read one or the other, but I'm going to read kind of both kind of pressed together, if you will. So, you guys ready? Let's just get into the story of Jesus. The birth of Jesus took place like this. His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph. Before they got married, Joseph discovered she was pregnant. It was by the Holy Spirit, but, but he didn't know that. Joseph, chagrined but noble, determined to take care of things quietly so Mary would not be disgraced. While he was trying to figure a way out, everyone say a way out. out. How many times have we looked for a way out of the thing that God is calling us into? But God has a different way. While he was trying to figure a way out, he had a dream. God's angels spoke in the dream. Joseph, son of David, don't hesitate to get married. Mary's pregnancy is spirit-conceived. God's Holy Spirit has made her pregnant. She will bring a son to birth. And when she does, you, Joseph, will name him Jesus. God saves, because he will save his people from their sins. At that time, the Roman Caesar Augustus these these days decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for this census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took him with Mary, his fiancée, who was now obviously pregnant. And while they were there, there came a time for the baby to be born. She gave birth to her first child, a son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. So there's no room in the end, right? That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them. Don't be afraid, he said. 
I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. Everyone say good news. Everyone say great joy. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, peace on earth to those whom God is pleased. Everyone say peace on earth. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was a baby lying in a manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished, but Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem village, Judah territory, this was during Herod's kingship, a band of wise men arrived in Jerusalem from the east. They asked around, where can we find and pay homage to the newborn king of the Jews? We observed a star in the eastern sky that signals his birth and we're on a pilgrimage to worship him. Then the star appeared again, the same star they had seen in the eastern skies. It led them on until it hovered over the place of the child. They could hardly contain themselves. They were in the right place. They had arrived at the right time. They, had, they entered the house and saw the child in the arms of Mary, his mother. Overcome, they kneeled and worshiped him. They opened their luggage and presented gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. You know, what a story, right? All throughout it, you see moments of worship and praise, people recognizing significance, surrendering to the work that God was doing. You see, the birth of Jesus is a history-splitting, movement-making, world-shaping, human-saving moment. You see, the God of, the God of history entered into the story that he's creating. God who made man came down as a man, right? Isaiah calls him wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. And ultimately, we celebrate this story every year. The most important person who's ever lived in the history of the world. More songs have been sung of him. More paintings painted of him. More books written regarding him than any person that's ever lived in the history of the world. We live in 2020 because Jesus was born. He changes everything about everything, including the way of life. Because when he came, he came to establish a new way of living, a new way to be human. And ever since he came, humanity has been evolving and transforming and changing because of the one person who came into this world named Jesus Christ. He's changed everything. And if 2020 tells me anything, it tells me that I need more of Jesus in my life. I need more of his ways because the ways of the world don't work. I need less anxiety and worry and more peace. 
I need less division and hatred and more love and unity. I need less striving and more resting. I need less self-centered living and more Jesus-centered living. I need his ways. The world needs his ways. And Jesus was the good news to the people 2,000 years ago, and he's still the good news today. You see, he's good news for those people who are far from God, but he's also good news for those of us that are perhaps like me or you who feel like in some ways we're, we're seeking God. Because every day I need the daily renewal of the goodness of God in my life. And his story is still good news to me. It didn't happen, it happens. It isn't then, it's now. It's, it, it's, it's, he's the same, of course, yesterday, today, and forever, but I have to claim that in my own life, that I need this good news in my life today. You can't summarize a Christmas story any better than, what, than the way the angels did to the shepherds. Let me read that again in Luke chapter two, verse 10. It says, the angels reassured them, talking to the shepherds, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. You see, the best news the world has ever received is the story and the news of Jesus. And the greatest joy that you and I will ever receive is the joy that we get from Jesus. He came to give us hope. He came to give us peace. He came to give us love and he came to give us joy. We celebrate, celebrate that today on this fourth week of Advent. And we actually wanna honor our King Jesus today by remembering him through communion on this special day. You know, communion was created by Jesus himself. It was, wasn't created for him, it was created for us. You know, he, he's not getting any gain out of this. It's not for his purpose. It's for our purpose. It's to help us return to the story of Christ. It's to get us into a rhythm of remembering, honoring, celebrating the gift of Jesus. You know, he, he shared this last supper around a table with his disciples, and we often picture it probably like the painting, the famous Leonardo da Vinci painting, you know, where they're all sitting at a table. You guys know this picture, right? the one where apparently everyone sat on one side of the table. <laughs> they were COVID cautious before masks, you know what I'm saying? They weren't breathing on each other. I'm just playing. I think it's important to catch something about communion though, is that it was done with others. It was done in community. It was done, obviously as the idea of a communion with the Lord, but a communion with one another remembering Jesus. And the scene probably looked a lot different than the Da Vinci picture is probably more like what we see in modern day kind of movies. It portrays communion a little differently and probably a little more accurately. Jesus and his disciples gathered around a table with a simple meal in an intimate moment. Jesus took the time to share with his disciples what was about to happen. And during that time, he, he shared with them, hey, I need you to remember me. I need you to remember the way that I taught you to live. I need you to remember the things that I showed you. I need you to remember the things that you're supposed to go and do now, the things that I said to you. I need you to remember these things. And above all, remember this gift that I'm about to give you. 
It's the gift that only I can give you. It's not a gift that you can give yourself. It's not a gift that you can earn. And to symbolize this, of course, he took the bread and he broke the bread and he passed the bread out. And he said, this bread is, is like my body that's going to be given for you. And he said, I want you to remember me when you take this bread. And he took the cup and he said, drink this. This is going to represent and symbolize the blood that will be spilled for you. They, of course, totally, they didn't get totally what he was saying in this moment. But they would come to understand how significant it was in the future and how important it was to return to this communion table. You know, often communion is about remembering the sacrifice of Christ, and rightly so. His sacrifice is ultimately what provides us life, eternal life. But I love that salvation is described as a gift. You've probably heard it said that Jesus offers the free gift of salvation. And I just think it's a pretty appropriate way on Christmas to think of communion in this way, in this idea of a gift. Because a lot of times, you know, when we give gifts to one another during this season, we do it with the hope and the anticipation that would bring joy to the other person that we're giving the gift to. And I think in many ways, Jesus says, I'm going to give you a gift. It's one you can't earn. It's one you can't ever figure out how to get yourself, but I'm going to give you a gift. And its intent is not only good news, but it's to bring you great joy. He says, I want to give you this gift. So we got to remember that Jesus has given us a gift. And it's not only the gift of him coming, but it's the gift of him giving So here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna go ahead and grab our little communion cups here. And you can pull back that top layer. There's two layers there. Pull back the top layer to get the little wafer of bread. If you're at home, of course, we're doing this. Get some bread, get some, some juice if you have some. If you don't have that, it's okay. You can prayerfully do this as well. Now, before we take the bread, the scripture instruct us with a few things. One, it says that we should examine our hearts before we take communion. It also says this is for the believer. This is for those who have confessed Jesus as Lord. And so for those of us who have done that, we get to come to the communion table and we get to examine our heart and we get to say, Lord, is there any sin in my life that I need to confess to you? I need to ask for forgiveness so I can come to you with a clean heart and connect with you and praise you and worship you through this act of communion. And so I actually want to give everybody just, just a few moments to do that. And so uh, before we take this, would you just maybe prepare your heart and say, Lord, I just want to come with a clean heart today. You may feel the need to say a prayer of forgiveness. Or you may need to say, say a prayer of, Lord, thank you. But just prepare your heart. I'm going to give you just a few moments and then I'll continue to lead us. So maybe bow your heads, take a moment, and prepare yourself. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for your son. Our, we thank you, God, for your son, Jesus. We thank you for your life, Jesus. 
up here. You know, Jesus said, I'm the bread of life, which means this bread represents the body and the life of Jesus, and we get to internalize it today, remembering the way of life that he brought and, of course, the gift of life that he gave us. So we take this today remembering that. Go ahead and pull the second layer off of your little cup there. Jesus said that the cup represents his blood and his sacrifice for us. And it was the sacrifice that enabled this gift to bring us salvation, this gift and this good news. And so we take this cup today, remembering the sacrifice Christ made and the joy that he brings. Are you feeling the joy of the Lord today? Thank you, Jesus. We take this. Well, as we prepare to worship again, we're going to read a couple more scriptures, and I have some friends that are going to come, and they're going to read this to us today. And, and uh, we're just going to get in and look at the book of 1 John, just a few more words from the book of 1 John, or excuse me, the John chapter 1 which isn't a narrative of the birth of Christ, but it's a declarative of the things that Jesus would bring. And so we'll, I'm gonna invite uh, our friends, Haley and Timby, you guys can go ahead and come. I'm gonna read this for us. John 1, 9 through 13. The true light that shines upon the heart of everyone was coming into the world. He entered our world, a world he made, yet the world did not recognize him. Even though he came to his own people, they refused to listen and receive him. But for all who did receive and trust in him, he gave them the right to be reborn as children of God. He bestowed his birthright, not by human power or initiative, but by God's will. John 14, 1, John 1, 14 through 18 says, Jesus took on flesh and became human and chose to live alongside us. We have seen him in undeniable splendor, the one true son of the father, evidenced in the perfect balance of grace and truth. John the Baptist testified about him and shouted, this is the one I have been telling you is coming. He is much greater than I am because he existed long before me. Through this man, we all received gifts of grace beyond our imagination. You see, Moses gave, gave us rules to live by, but Jesus the anointed offer us gifts of grace and truth. God, unseen until now, is revealed in Jesus, God's only Son, straight from the Father's heart. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this week's message. If there's anything we can pray with you about, or if you have questions about God, we'd love to talk with you please visit our contact page at okccommunitychurch.com.